Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, today we're looking at Proverbs 5. And it's a somewhat lengthy proverb. It's into the 20s as far as verses go. So I would encourage you to pause, go ahead and read it now. Fair warning, this proverb gets into a little bit of spicy language because of the word picture and the metaphor that this proverb is painting as it pertains to wisdom versus folly. So if you want, go ahead and pause now. You can read it. And I'm just going to assume that you're back and that you are all caught up. So Proverbs 5, as I said, contrasts the pursuit of wisdom and folly with something interesting, with the temptation to commit adultery versus staying faithful to one's spouse. So foolishness and folly is basically talked about as if it's just like being tempted or led astray by a prostitute, basically, versus wisdom and the path of wisdom being equated to staying at home and being intimate with and faithful to one's married spouse. So without going into too much detail on the language that's used here, I just want to make a few observations generally speaking. One is that the proverb is, I think, drawing this contrast because one of the intents of the writer is to illustrate this idea, as we see in verse 3, that foolish things and sinful things, things that ultimately will hurt us, are initially very inviting and even alluring. That the attractiveness of this harlot is difficult to resist based on the language that's used and the way that she's described. It is not an easy task to turn her down and to understand in that moment where all of this is going to lead to, which is why it makes it a difficult choice. It's not always easy to choose wisdom, but it is worth it because what we see right in the very next verse is that it is in the end where the price is paid. So foolishness and sin may seem very attractive initially, but you don't pay the price for sin up front. You pay it on the back end. And this reminds me of something that the late Ravi Zacharias said on the difference between legitimate and illegitimate pleasures when he was talking about the pursuit of pleasure from a Christian perspective. And he said something to the effect of the following, that you know a pleasure is a legitimate or godly pleasure when you have to pay the price for it up front. And you should always be wary of a pleasure or suspect it of being an illegitimate or sinful pleasure if you have to pay for it on the back end. Think about it in this way. A legitimate pleasure like getting in shape or uh, learning a new skill requires you to pay the price up front. You have to do the work before you can enjoy the benefit. You have to put in the time, put in the sweat, put in the study and the commitment before you attain the result. But things like adultery, as it's described here, 
you get the benefit up front and you don't pay the price for it until well after you have gotten that initial pleasure. That's an illegitimate pleasure. And it's a sign or a mark for us to use as we think through whether something we're interested in or pursuing in our lives is illegitimate or legitimate. Now in verses 9 through 14, we see an outline, generally speaking, of the consequences of the pursuit of this kind of illegitimate pleasure. And one of the things that you can see, and again, and this is in the ancient context, is if a man were to go and engage in relationships with prostitutes, he ran the risk that she could become pregnant. And this is one of the ways or one of the senses in which we can see how the writer talks about having your inheritance, your wealth, your strength stolen by foreigners or stolen by those you don't know. If you go and start a side family, now in the ancient context, part of your inheritance goes to them. And so you've just divided your household and you have made yourself weaker as a result. And so these are the kinds of things that are being talked about. But the idea here is that the pursuit of more than what you have because you're discontent or because you are engaging in a a sinful temptation or giving into a sinful temptation, the pursuit of that thing, because of what it is, because it's foolishness, will always lead, rather than having more, to actually having less. And we see this in verses 9 through 14. You wanted more than what you had and what you rightfully had uh, already. And in fact, instead of getting more, you're going to end up with less. Now, verses 15 through 23, the end of the proverb, suggest a better way. And again, I won't reiterate the language here because it can be graphic for some, but the idea of being of what's being described here is that rather than do this, rather than go away and, and commit yourself to, to following after this temptation, this sinful desire, commit yourself to what God has already given you. Commit yourself to what you have, which is a good thing, and be content with it. And what we see here is, as opposed to the pursuit of folly and foolishness, that commitment and contentment actually leads to great gain. So I hope this is uh, encouraging and challenging for all of us as we think through what we are pursuing in our lives. And I will look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another episode of Fruit Snacks. 